Mandy Yakich from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters On Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast, to inspire, inform and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Hi, and welcome to Creative Matters, episode 32. Today I am talking to the wonderful Beatrice Carlson. Beatrice is an interdisciplinary artist, a visual artist, printmaker, and contemporary jeweller. Born in France, she has been living and making in Devonport, Aotearoa, New Zealand for the last 16 years. Beatrice has always been interested in shapes and textures in her interdisciplinary art practice, from visual art to costume design to printmaking and now to adornment jewellery. Beatrice currently sees herself as a contemporary jewellery artist and silver is her latest preferred medium. Her work is influenced by the different media and techniques she used in her fashion design background and speaks of Aotearoa New Zealand and her French ancestry and how precious the connection is between them both. She has been a finalist in the World of Wearable Art Awards 10 times and a finalist in a number of art competitions, most recently in the Park and Drawing Prize. Beatrice tells of the amazingly wide range of materials she likes to use in her work, including silver, perspex, gold leaf, ponamu, as well as less common mediums such as scoria, chicken feet skin, beetle wings, and salmon skin leather. I had a wonderful morning talking to Beatrice. Her practice is so fascinating, and um, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And you can also see images of her work that she talks about on our blog, which is on our website, creativematters.co.nz, and also check out her website, beatricecarlson.com. Hi, Beatrice. Good um, afternoon, are we? Not yet? Uh, Bonjour. (laughs) Bonjour. Lovely to see you. Um, Welcome to Creative Matters. Oh, thank you, Mandy. Um, I'm really very pleased and and thrilled to be with you today and see you. Finally, we can now. So it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's so exciting. And we've been talking since, I think, July, since well before Auckland was in lockdown Mm. for 100 days. Um, So it's finally our time to meet. We. And I'm at your home, which is a real treat in Devonport, Mm. Auckland, New Zealand. And um, it's the most beautiful home with all your gorgeous artwork. Oh, thank you. And a very beautiful garden, beautiful studio. And, you know, I feel very, very lucky that you have spent the last hour or so showing me around and talking about your work. So yeah. thank you. Oh, pleasure. Um, I guess that yeah, I needed to talk about this before we really talk together now. Um, just because being an interdisciplinary artist, um, I wanted really to show you what I'm doing. So to explain a bit what I've done and where I'm going now. Um, so I'm a visual artist um, with a fashion design background. I'm a visual artist and I am a printmaker. So I, as an v- interdisciplinary artist, I blend all the techniques and, uh, 
and uh, now I am uh, uh, using sterling silver. So it's uh, my latest uh, medium, and uh, I love it. So it's uh, yeah, very uh, um, long process um, and and many stories to tell you. <laughs> yes, and I know that you have so many stories to tell. I've already heard mm. a few. <laughs> so uh, before we get into those exciting. Um, you know, parts of your practice and process. Mm. Can you please tell us where you were born and something about your childhood? Oh, um, northeast of France, Champagne region. Um, and then, um, and then I ended up five years later, southeast of France, Nice. So, um, at uh, five years old, um, my mother decided, yes, French woman, to, she needed to buy a baguette. So she went outside um, and left me alone in the apartment. And um, when she came back home, uh, the neighbor, she was uh, waiting for her saying, oh, I heard a big noise and I heard your daughter screaming. And then, and then nothing else. So mom was very anxious. She opened the door and I was on the ground in the kitchen with a fashion design magazine, <laughs> reading and with big egg on my head because I climbed on top of the fridge with a chair, pick up the magazine, fell over, and I started to do fashion design. I was five. Wow. That's the beginning of my story. So, yeah, I wanted to tell you the anecdote because it's, um, yeah, it's where I think I have been in fashion forever. So after this, yes, um, uh, later my mom bought me, you know, the Barbie dolls and then, but she bought me the, the fashion design with the little, uh, model and everything, the pattern. So I went on like that. And then eventually, yes, had no choice than to be a fashion designer. So yeah, school in France, mm. um, diploma. So three years of, uh, of school. Um, Fashion design, pattern making, and uh, and it was brilliant. It's where I have all this interest for material, texture, um, harmony, uh, volumes, and it has been uh, helping me really a lot in all my practice. Mm, um, yeah, well, you can see, you know, how it's informed your practice all the way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And so, what what kind of thing were you studying with fashion at that time? Oh, um, it was really uh, school. So it was very all the basics. But I had this uh, brilliant pattern uh, maker, this lady uh, once, and it's something that I always remember. Uh, once she said, oh, make your weak point the strongest. So don't deny and and, and in in the opposite, make it really an advantage. So I, um, it's what I've been doing. The second thing that she told me was, if you are able to pick, you are, an ab you are also able to unpick. And then it's uh, because it's so easy to, oh, it's not working, you throw away. No, don't. So you unpick. And it's, um, it has um, a repetitive also uh, uh, way of making things, which is very smoothing as well. And it's, it's, it's something that, um, yeah, I kept all my life in, uh, in whatever I was doing. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I can see that. And you had a lingerie fashion business. 
Yes, I did. Um, yeah, I was. Um, hmm. I did this brand uh, uh, in France. I was with the new uh, lingerie designer, so doing uh, uh, exhibition in Paris um, and Lyon uh, twice a year. So it was the SIL, the International Salon de la Lingerie, and uh, it was brilliant, um, very creative, very crazy, fun. And and then I kept the the lace. Some of the lace I've been using at the time. I've been designing lace, so I. I, uh, I went to northeast of France and then uh, to uh, Mills, and it was fascinating. So see all the process, and then they wanted something more modern with a very old uh, traditional machinery, and it, it was brilliant. I did, uh, I did some uh, fun. Uh, um, basing suit designs in Italy. So this was brilliant. One week every month I was there and then, um, they picked me up at the, at the, at the train station because I did not drive. So I still don't drive, but, um, oh, it was fantastic. Um, the company was in the middle of, uh, near, uh, Milano, a region called Crema. And it was in the middle of nowhere. And you had this, technology mixed with old-fashioned antiques, really. And it was lots of fun. So, yeah, it's um, I've been doing this a lot. And then I went uh, um, teaching as well, uh, teaching fashion. That was fun till I like doing things when I enjoy. And when it's not fun, I stop. It's good and bad because I stop, I don't, I don't make money, but it's good in the sense that, yes, you keep always uh, fresh and excited mm. by, by what you're doing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and that sort of continual journey of, journey of learning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which I can yeah. see, you know, yeah. you've really done, you're always learning and evolving. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel the same. I never really stayed much longer than about four years in a yeah. job Yeah, uh, because I, I love new challenges and new, new projects. Yeah. I agree. And yeah. uh, and it's where when I, I came in New Zealand, in fact, I have been uh, back to fashion design um, in a different way. I was um, for 10 years, I've been designing um, corporate uniforms. So I've been uh, designing for Rebel, Noel Liming. Uh, Briscoe's, uh, the latest was McDonald's. So we won, uh, I was the French secret weapon to the fashion <laughs> company. And then, um, uh, I was romancing them on how they could look like. And then afterwards you go corporate and, and mass production. So it's like, and what you will look like. Mm. And this was really great. Um, increasing my uh, skills in Photoshop and, and, uh, because I used to do mock-ups on, uh, on, on garment and it was brilliant. Mm. I enjoyed very much. And then same, uh, after 10 years, it was time to m move and, and, and just uh, really uh, focus on my art practice. So, mm. yeah. So you're, um, did you actually have a lingerie? Just going back a little bit again, was it yes. was it your own company? Yeah, yes. Which is pretty brave. Is that something you came out from university and um, went straight yeah, into? Yeah, I yes, I uh, so I finished university. I was uh, twenty one. I have been fashion freelance fashion designer for three four years, and I had 
uh, saved enough money, so to speak, to think, okay, why not? I do my own brand. And then um, I did that for five years um, at least. And then um, get bigger, mm. get a partner and, and, and then stop. <laughs> But that obviously went quite well. That was a good start yeah. to your career. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it was very, yes, you know, exciting. It's where, um, yeah, the, the more exciting, the more you, you want to be excited. So, mm. yeah. Mm. And Motivating. Then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So when, you know, you're obviously very attached to your homeland in France, but yeah. then you came to New Zealand. So how did that happen? Um, I met a Kiwi man in uh, in France he was one of those yachts that uh, you know uh, New Zealanders they all uh, want to travel and then they end up on on the water so I met him and then um, we came here to visit and uh, discover the country and then I thought now it's a country I want to to live in oh. and I wanted to stay in France I it took me three years to decide him to come back really <laughs> yeah definitely so he's a yacht I think I, I actually think I might know your husband okay what's his first name Andrew Andrew Carlson oh no maybe yeah. I don't know but my husband was into yachting as well oh, okay yeah, yeah. America's Carpen. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, just no, going no, off topic. <laughs> so, um, you you came here and, you know, what happened then? And then, uh, yes, when the uh, first time I came, love it, came back uh, to France and then, uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, uh, my father was sick. So, we stayed uh, there till uh, to help him to yeah, go the best way possible. And then uh, you have this freedom of mind when you are able to to leave your country and uh, and and without any more family that uh, keep you attached. And uh, it was, yes, new adventure and mm. brilliant. So mm. we arrived in October. I found the uniform company a first contract in December. So it was very quick. And the first meeting... Um, I got the job and then eventually uh, Corey Mulligan, the CEO, uh, told me in confidence, oh, the first time I could not understand you. I said, oh, me neither <laughs> when I got the job. Wow. You still got the job. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no, because, yeah, I, I showed him my yeah, portfolio and I think that it was something that was talking better than at the, mom at the time my, uh, my English was. <laughs> So when you came to New Zealand, you were obviously, you know, working in a creative environment and yes. sort of being creative yourself. But were you actually um, starting to work on your own art practice at that time? Oh, definitely. It happened that um, I heard about the world of wearable art. So it was like, oh, wow, of course. Um, and then in 2010, I thought, oh, in 2009, actually, I uh, wanted to enter and then I was too shy. So, no, I did not make it. And, but in 2010, I had, um, yeah, I was uh, feeling strong enough to be able to do um, something. And uh, so I entered in 2010 and I've been entering every year for 10 years. <laughs> and, wow, uh, that is incredible. Every year I was finalist uh, and uh, the first year um, actually when I entered I was runner-up in the South Pacific section. 
So everyone was at home. Um, they could not believe my mother-in-law that um, I love very, very deeply. She is a big fan, but she is my biggest friend as well. Uh, she was so proud. And then, yeah, it was brilliant. So, mm. uh, of course, family expects more. Yeah. You know, first year uh, runner-up in one section, they expect wow. more. But you have delivered, haven't you? I mean, you've you've yeah. been a finalist in ten yeah. of the shows yes. over ten years. Yeah. And so you're. I mean, you started to, to tell me a little bit about some of those wearable art, um, beautiful creations that you made, and the incredible stories behind them. Yeah. So it would be lovely for you to share some of those, um, some of the projects that you yeah. did, oh, and then you. yeah, the mm. lovely stories, and also you know the incredible materials that you use, and mm. yeah, so. Uh, thank you. Um, so when I entered the first time, it was also um, to make people understand what is Perspex, because as a visual artist, I use Perspex. Um, so I, it's it's a very interesting material. You print, and then you you can get really very striking colors by um, working hard to make them striking. But uh, they 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 give back, so it's wonderful. So the first uh, garment was in Perspex, um, and I think that it was where also it was uh, um, uh, finalist because it was the first time someone used this material. Um, the second year in 2011, it was a rugby cup. And so the theme was uh, Kiwiana. So as a French person, what was Kiwiana? It's uh, the sheep and the rugby. So I thought, okay, I call... Um, Eden Park, I want to talk with the manager and um, they very kindly uh, put me to um, the manager. And then I say, oh, hi, I'm Beatrice Carlson. I want, I need your balls. And they immediately said, yes, please come in. <laughs> <laughs> and this this was really funny because it gave me um, 12, 14 balls and they were all full of mud and blood. So it was, and I was uh, taking back the train from Eden Park. We were living in Parnell at the time and, and then take the bus. And then I had my 14 balls all, <laughs> <laughs> all muddy and dirty in a bag. And then, um, so yeah, it was, I was very, very happy. And mm. um, how yeah. interesting to go there, and it's so so good to use the actual balls that were used yes. in a rugby game. Yeah. And then tell us about that actual creation. It's so incredible. You showed me some photos. Oh, it's uh, it's easy. Um, it's a ball. A rugby ball is done in four parts. So for me, uh, cutting the rugby ball was a, bust a bustier. And then, so it was actually my husband that was washing all the balls because it's hard work to be able to brush all that. And, uh, and I wanted really, first of all, use the old, um, ball that were going to be thrown away and then to give them uh, another life uh, glamorous and uh, another purpose. So it was really a very, Interesting and funny, important for me to recycle things. Mm -hmm. um, so first of all, it was that. Um, and then afterwards, yes, it's pattern making. So I wanted really to use those balls and respect the shape as much as possible. So work with quarters and uh, paint them, um, put them rhinestones on them. So very glamorous. Uh, use the Prestoids, uh 600 rhinestones on the shoes, something like that. Uh, glued one by one. Um, uh, so, yeah, fun. Um, for the sheep side, I did a wig um, and I bought some fleece. 
so felting. So thank you, YouTube and tutorials, because yeah. it was like, how do you felt? So Japanese sushi mat to felt and um, hot water, burn a bit your fingers, put some soap and do your felting. And then it was, um, I put in the felt some, I added up some sequins. I melt, uh, I melt things inside so that it was more glamorous and I did a wig. Um, yeah. So it wow. was yeah, very That's interesting. Incredible. Yeah. And it's such an interesting design. I mean, it's all about the actual costume all together, but then, you know, the wig and the shoes. Yeah. And um, you told me that you often start with the shoes. Did you in that case? Yes. And it is, uh, I never realized that till recently, but um, all my, uh, yeah, I like the detail. I'm a detail person. So I start with details and then I built up um, and then, and then everything makes sense. Um, if it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how do you actually go about um, creating something like, for example, the the rugby theme or the Kiwiana theme? So you, you did you quite early on decide that you were going to use the rugby ball and the sheep as as the sort of theme, or how do you go about it? Do you do drawings? Um, I'm I'm very visual, so I don't do drawings, but um, I'm also very insomniac. <laughs> So um, basically, it's during the night, I suddenly wake up and it's there. And then I can't sleep because I know that I will forget. So I just repeat what I'm doing or I'm making it. And then when I wake up, I know what I'm doing. And it's, it's the way I've been working for uh, forever. Um, another example is those, um, this garment with uh, beetle wings. Um, so I, I read this uh, article that was extremely interesting and exciting about beetle wings and this dress that was renovated in, um, in, in England and cost a fortune of in the making. And beetle wings, I, what's that? So I've been on internet, look at it and find, uh, find uh, some on Trade Me that I could buy here 50 beetle wings. When I received them, I was so overwhelmed. Could not sleep, and I thought, yes, this is my next garment, wearable art garment. So, just think about those beetle wings all night long, and thinking, okay, what can I do with fifty? So, Google, find a supplier, and end up buying six thousand beetle wings, three thousand for the garment, and then the rest. I thought, oh, I will use it. Yeah, and I'm sure you will, or you have. Oh, yes, I did. It's where I started making jewellery. Um, ah, wow. So just stop there. I'm going to stop you. You've got so many amazing stories to tell. Um, so, Beatrice, you were very kind and showed me some of those beetle mm. wings, which are absolutely gorgeous. Mm. They look like kind of long artificial nails. fingernails, yes. don't they? Yeah. And they're kind of a greeny-blue um, pearlescent Yes. Um, so they kind of shine and change colours slightly from different yeah. angles, don't they? And, I mean, they're just the kind of things that you would never imagine were actually an animal. No, but it's uh, it's uh, like the scarabee, the Egyptian scarabee. It's the protection. So they are hard wings. They are made of keratin, and it is where... They will never fade. It's something that will last for centuries. That uh, that it's amazing, and it's where it's 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 amazing what nature gives you, and it's what I wanted really to mm. use. Yeah, yeah, it's such an incredible thing to have. Yeah, and so how did that actually inspire you for the next costume? It was. Uh, 
again, I was going back to uh, my past and as a printmaker, I have uh, been doing exhibitions and one of the exhibitions I, um, I did cover the front of the gallery with, uh, with one of my etching printed on uh, those canvas, you know, the big canvas that uh, you put on, uh, on the trucks, the delivery trucks that they advertise for whatever. Mm, like billboard or... Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I did this massive print and I thought, oh, I will use it sometimes. And then things click. It's uh, I talk about synchronicity uh, before and it's something that is... Uh, it's um, a friend of mine once. He says, yes. I say, oh, it's like magnets. He say, no, it's synchronicity it's called. I say, okay, fine. And now I know the word. And it's true. Um, in my uh, French words and simple way of saying it's like magnets, yeah. Pieces go together. Colors, they go together. It's um, And then those beetle wings, yes, the color was the color of my etching that was printed on, on that material. So I had to do something with it. Um, shape, it was because the print was large and I did not want to cut in small pieces. I had to do something quite large as well for the visual. And I thought, yes... La torero, la muleta, the, the bullfighting, um, which is something that is not what I appreciate at all. Uh, the killing animals, no, never. But it was more about the, the fighter that is in front of his own death. And it is all the, the story of this garment is about that. Um, so it's where the garment, uh, I use those beetle wings to do some horns and it's the horns of the bull because finally the fighter and the, and the bull are just one. And it is uh, what the story is about. Yeah. Mm. So everything I'm doing, there is always some stories that are linked to my past. Um, just uh, the way that uh, yes i'm i'm coming from south of france but also it's uh, yes the yes all my culture is there mm, definitely yeah and the um, can you sort of describe the actual overall costume using the beetles so you've got um, there is this um, those horns made of beetle wings um, and then uh, she's got also the gloves everything is growing on her um, so she is she she is not anymore um, human or uh, she is not any she is not a bull she has this uh, dramatic way of showing herself it's between life and death it's between two worlds and uh, and uh, so the the, the 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 costume itself is very dramatic. The the shoes are covered of beetle wings, as if yes, they are part totally of her. And it's where uh, when I did this other garment um, with an accordion, it's also the same type of meaning of uh, this type. I'm talking about an artist, and the artist is creating us artists. You know what I'm talking about. We create our own misery and monster because we are so much in our creation that sometimes they absorb us totally and 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 can suffocate of of this so it's where um um yeah i wanted to talk about that in 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 accordion illusion so that the illusion of being free and an artist but yes you you are still sometimes stuck mm. and um yeah so yeah. wow i mean 
It just seems that, you know, you're, you're such a visual person and you create such beautiful, sort of striking works in so many different ways with so Thank many you. different materials and so many different processes. But then the stories behind are so interesting as well. Thank you. you know, I'd love to hear another another of your costumes. Okay. Which one? <laughs> what about the one where you won one of the sections? Okay. Oh, right. Um, so um, she is uh, Marquise Hawahi, uh, Marquise Overseas. Uh, it was in... Um, 2012 and uh, I did this I use again the perspex um, and um, the the skirt was like a waka um, and I have been making pictures um, for the top as well and create my own lycra print which is um, a photographic print. Uh, it's called sublimation. It's a, it's yeah, a type of print, but it was um, yeah. And I wanted to talk again about New Zealand. So I at the time I was learning um, weaving. Um, so I uh, I wanted really to incorporate the the flax, the arakeke in my garment. So I did a, a wig out of the flax. So I um, we visited my mother-in-law uh, at the time, and then I was cutting all the arakeke and then thanking the the the, the plants for giving me um, that. And I wanted really to respect it. So I use every single piece of the flax I have been uh, I do not sew the garment I uh, just uh, braided uh, the fresh flax and uh, I could um, I could uh, use it like a like a rope to finish the garment and then uh, I dyed in the colors of the power and um, uh, so the wig was yes in all those uh, beautiful colors and uh, yes with a bit of feathers uh, and uh, and it was yes it was the f- um, winner of the section the South Pacific section mm. So what great. was very special was um, um, on the night of uh, of, uh, of the awards, uh, we were actually in with family. So there was my mother-in-law because she was she has never been to the show. So it was the first time, and I was the winner. So uh, of course we had all tears, tears of joy. But um, and and her name is Joy. So it was perfect. You yeah, know? So, that's yeah, beautiful. It, oh, it's it's important. It's all those that matter. Really. Yeah. It's all the big picture, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's so lovely. It must have been lovely for your mother-in-law. Oh, we, it was. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah. yeah. After crying, we were very happy. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> so the actual process of um, creating a garment, um, a costume for wearable arts, you know, obviously so much time and thought goes into it. Yeah. So is it like a sort of year-long process towards towards each annual show or how does that work? Yes, basically, when you have the awards night, they give you the brief for the following year. So basically, I start thinking about it in the plane when I come back wow. from Wellington to Auckland. And then eventually, you, yeah, you see the new section, you, you see what, what you're interested about. Um, then eventually, yes, work is work. So you forget about this for a few months and then you have to go back. But it's, uh, making a garment, it's three to six months work on top of everything you're doing. So it's, a, it's, it's time consuming. Mm. It's really a lot of work. Yeah. Um, Perspex is, uh, is, uh, 
you can bend, you can melt. I've been doing garment uh, using a heat gun, um, which is uh, which is brilliant. But then there is a, there is a point of fragility, and then it cracks and it breaks. So it's where you and and I've been breaking, I've been cracking and breaking and and, and melting too much too. To fusion, so, <laughs> oh, no. So, but it happens, and yeah. then you you learn uh, from yeah. that, and you've got to allow for that those kind of problems. I suppose. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's interesting. I mean, it, it must be. You know, I can imagine it just consumes your mind for that amount of time. Yeah. So, you actually do you have a full time job, or do you commit yourself full time to your art? Now I'm I'm full time artist. Yeah, definitely. So it's where. Um, after 10 years of wearable art, I thought that it was 10 years. It's like a three years were in the making process. Um, if I add up all my months and, 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 and it's, it's a lot. Um, and I enjoyed very, very much every moment. I made great contacts. People are fantastic. Uh, the wearable art team, uh, organizer, they are amazing. So I love everything, but it was time also to, to, to do more. Uh, because finally, even though every year you renew yourself, you create something different. Um, the machine is still the same, so to speak. Mm. So the excitement, and then eventually I started to do pairing uh, my wearable with jewelry. So I uh, I wanted really to uh, explore more this way. Mm. And it is where um, uh, making adornment jewelry was great, um, but I uh, used to buy uh, findings instead of making and I wanted really to make from the beginning to the very end and it is where um, you've got this very pleasing feeling when you achieve totally something yeah I can imagine yeah and I mean you seem so good at that with all of the work that you do you like to to learn and you know discover new materials and and learn how to use them and which is amazing you know and when you think about your practice and how many you know, such a massive amount of different materials you use and which require different techniques and skills. Yeah. It's amazing, but you just enjoy that, that learning and evolving. Yes, and and you learn now. It's fantastic. Internet, you can learn anything, um, and it is where yeah you can find anything as well. I've been uh, I've been finding some salmon leather, uh, some uh, chicken legs leather, and then uh, uh, but this I could find because I found the beetle wings. So suddenly you think you think differently because every material you don't even imagine exists. Mm, so this mm. is very exciting. Yeah. yeah. And the way you can take something like chicken legs or, you know, chicken leg skin mm-hmm. and <laughs> create this amazing necklace out of it, which still has the sort of shape of the feet. And, yeah. you know, and me, I'm a little bit, I've got a bit of a phobia about chickens, to be honest. <laughs> I can't, yeah, there's something about chickens and I definitely can't eat them. Um, so, you know, to see that necklace made out of chicken feet, skin yeah my friends will know that is quite a hard thing for me to get my head around <laughs> but it's so beautiful and it's yeah. it's dyed turquoise and you've added beads and yeah. and the actual texture of the of the skin like yeah. alligator skin but different is yeah. just magnificent yeah and it is where every time i find 
or I receive, it's like Christmas. You open your uh, new parcel and it's like, oh, I can do something with that. Yeah. And then it's where, again, you have this excitement. And and, and making those uh, pieces of jewelry, it's my mini wearable art. Every time I renew myself and I'm excited by learning a new technique, learning how to treat a material that I've never done before. And it's, um, it's where I, um, yeah, I enjoyed so much wearable art, big pieces, but my mini wearable art are, uh, yes, mm. it's, I can't go back to wearable art. No, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So you've come more into sort of adornment or, yeah. um, Yes. Costume jewelry, you could call it, but yeah. Yeah. adornment jewelry. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I started like that. Uh, yeah. The process of <clears throat> making jewelry and, uh, and, and, and imagine also it comes from my fashion background because uh, the accessories have been always very important. Um, you've seen the shoes that I'm doing that uh, I always say, yes, I start with, uh, with shoes uh, to construct a garment, but um, the accessory, we all have a pair like that. We all want a big accessory that will be a statement and then look at your earrings they are statement earrings and it's where we, I love that um, and it's uh, it's where adornment jewelry is is more than than just costume jewelry in the sense that it's really to enhance the beauty that exists already but to um, yeah, and mm. yeah, it's fun. It's, it's great yeah, fun to be so able beautiful. to use extravagant material. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's just such a different kind of practice. I mean, just, you know, I've been so lucky to hear about your practice this morning and see some of your beautiful work. And, you know, it's not like you're creating a line of the same earrings yeah. or, you know, each piece, a bit like the wearable arts, as you said, yeah. each piece is special and tells a very important story for you and uses materials in different ways. And, you know, so it's each piece is one off. Isn't yes, it? definitely. I, uh, because they are big pieces. Uh, if I, I respect the one that will choose and, and buy my piece um, uh, because they think it's special and I want it, it keeps this way because people, they, they, they believe that, uh, yes, my, my piece was so special. I want, they are special. They are unique for them. So, mm. yeah. And then uh, uh, the best compliment sometimes is uh, I had a, this gallery is going to jewelry, sterling silver. Um, this woman, she went a few times in the gallery and then uh, she wanted to buy the piece in Matacana and then uh, it's expensive. So she did not buy it and then came back and came back. And the third time she said, oh, I've got the money. Do you still have the piece? And then when she put it on, it was meant really to be hers. And she left with that piece. And then the gallery, they rang to say, oh, she was so beautiful mm. and thrilled. So this makes, um, yeah, it, it, it's, um, you can't redo a, a piece like that. You don't want to redo it. It's hers. Yeah, it has to stay like that. Yeah, and it's like an art, a a painting, I guess. Yeah, it's um, it's an, it's one piece that is expressing something for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, um, I mean, for people who haven't seen your jewelry, you'll be able to see um, Beatrice's beautiful work on her blog, on her blog post, um, and we'll include some of these things that we're talking about as well. Thank you. But um. You know, you use so many different materials in your adornment jewellery. 
from Ponamu to um, gold and silver leaf. You are specialising or really focusing on silver at the moment. Yep. But you also have used stone, volcanic stone, and fish leather, lace, harakeke, like you said. Um, that was in some of your costume work. Um, you know, you use beads and studs and chains mm. and all sorts of materials, metals. Um, how do you actually go about creating your jewellery? Is it in the same way as you did for the costuming where you come up with, you, we have a material to start yeah. with and you build from that? or It's totally the process? same. It's the same. Um, so when I, uh, when I walk on the beach, I, um, I'm a walker. I don't drive, I told you, but I, I walk 10Ks a day. And I, I love my walks the morning and I go on the beach and I walk and I walk and I, I look because I can't just walk. <laughs> and then I walk and I stop because I see scoria and then I see pieces of uh, miniature of landscape or seascape, you know, in a stone. And then from that, I want to carve it. I want to carve a, a ring and put my my stone on it. And it's the stone that gives me the carving. It's not I'm carving and I put a stone. It's always the 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 pieces that tell me. I'm just the tools. I always say I'm just the tools. And um, peace um, talks to me. It's uh, it's it's the way that I can just translate, yeah. That. Mm. Yeah. And you said you are a visual person, so you do do you find the the piece, and you're already starting to plan, or yeah, or definitely, think yeah, where it's going to end yeah. up. Yes, I I know where it will, how I will do. Um, instead, uh, so I I've been uh, I've been after wearable art. I have been doing. Um, uh, some workshop uh, to learn uh, silversmithing. Um, it's the part I did not know how to and uh, it was brilliant and again it was something that I discovered that I just love uh, because yes I could do the, the total product and, and the finishing uh, so all the findings and all those pieces and then uh, one of the workshop was uh, wax carving and this was a revelation. It was, you know, when you have something that you think it's for me, and then suddenly it was like, oh, like a child that you just want to go mm. on. And then I can go and and just carve my wax. And again, it's one-offs. It's not, a, um, you don't do, I don't do a mold with those. So when they, they put the, you give to the, the sterling companies that they will, uh, they will uh, melt the sterling in your, uh, in your, uh, in your piece. Um, and then when it melts, it destroys the wax, which is the beauty of it mm. as well. So. Yeah. And once again, it's that one-off ori yep. original piece. Absolutely, no mark is never the, is ever no. the same. Yeah, yeah, and which is beautiful, isn't it? Just adds another specialness. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, and then I source on internet. Uh, same for the my uh, different material. I also source some. Um, different uh, stones but they are non-treated they are really as natural as possible so a stone that like I, I work with big big sapphires but they look um, rough and then uh, they are cut uh, normal uh, 
gemstone cut, but they have marks. And I love that. I love the natural. Um, my jewelry is very organic. I do really very natural ways. Again, it's the metal that tells me what to do. It's not me to, to, to bend the metal and, and, Although I like very much hammering the metal and this is something, it's very relaxing when you are really banging a piece of metal. This is something I love very much. But if it wants to turn and twist, it's meant to be. So I let it go. Mm. So same for soldering. You've got normally, you've got two pieces you put together, you solder, and it has to be really smooth and invisible. I like the marks. I like marks like our wrinkles, our scars, and I like to leave some marks. Or if I, there is not enough, I put a lot more. <laughs> but it's, um, it's the way we are. I like, um, I like oxidizing because it's, it's, when you mark and you oxidize, you create a color that will go in the metal. And when you send everything away, there is, there will be still a bit of depth mm. in the, in the, in the metal and, uh, and you see better the marks, but eventually it goes away. And this I like the fading. We are all fading. We will all go away. And there is a meaning that is very important for me. So everything that I, I do is, is very related to Earth and our time on Earth, a short time, and then things are, are, are going in a very gentle way. Uh, the green stones that I'm using are definitely New Zealand green stones. So um, I've been doing, uh, we did uh, every year with my husband, we do a trip around the country just to see new places. And then uh, two years ago, we did the Alpine uh, train uh, again with his mother, Joy. She has never done that train um, trip. So we went the other way round. We went from uh, Queenstown down to pick up the train and back to Okitika or the other way around. I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> but it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, I could, uh, we have been on the serpentine beach and then we were crazy. Even him was uh, just jumping on the stones as if, oh, we will find greenstone. We will find, of course you don't. And then, and then it's not for us to find the stones because uh, by respect, I will not. So I have been, uh, Yes, finding my suppliers of greenstone mm, instead. Yeah. But uh, it, it's beautiful. And then, um, yeah, it's very uh, special moment when you go to see your, uh, your, your uh, greenstone supplier and then he shows the, your work, his work. And then you know that, uh, yeah, it will be yours as well. Mm, so, and yeah. it's lovely to have that connection with somebody. Definitely, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's such a craft for them too. Oui. So it's, it's a really important oh, absolutely. connection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you um, you do a lot of print printmaking, don't you, with solar plate etching and embossing, um, and also you do carving, which is, I guess, part of your printmaking sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, can you tell us how that fits in with your jewelry? Um, yeah. Um, so printmaking. When I was printing on Perspex, um, 
of course, I was not printing myself. There was a company to do this because it's very technical. And then again, you've got the, the frustration of you work for weeks on, a, on an artwork and then the last step, it's given to a company that will print. So the last step, you don't owe it. And this was the frustration. So the first time that I did a workshop of printmaking, it was at um, Studio One. And then it was like, wonderful, I can finally print. So it's where I, I started printmaking and uh, Bev Surgeon, who is uh, the teacher there, and she is a wonderful artist. She is, uh, um, so we, we had this uh, big, big bond together. And then uh, eventually she uh, uh, let us know many techniques and there was this solar plate etching that was fantastic for me. It's again an, another revelation. And... Um, I try to be as non-toxic as possible. And uh, when you do an etching, uh, you use acids and I don't want that. Uh, so, um, so the plate etching, it's a metal plate, like uh, normal etching, but then there is a photopolymer and um, you use the sun uh, to mark the plate. Well, I make it easy because it's a long, it's a very quick process, very stressful to make, but it's long to explain. Anyway, um, uh, the beauty of it is that you use the sun, so you don't exactly know how it will react if suddenly you've got a cloud or it's winter, summer. So you've got all those elements of nature that will influence the result of your, uh, of making the plate. And, and then you wash it in water and then it's done. It's perfect. So no chemical beautiful the uh, the help or not of earth and the sky and and the sun and um so this i love very much mm, and and um, i guess you enjoy that unpredictability oh yes totally yeah. yeah and then what do you do with once you have that what happens next then you print so it's uh, yes it's um it's i don't know <laughs> Do you put ink on the on the plate? Yes, definitely. I um, I, I I put ink on the plate. I've got a, a press um, as well in the in the garden shed um, that um, I used to print on uh, on uh, on paper. Normally, you print on paper, uh, but I have been using this press as well to. Um, create a technique uh, of embossing on metal. So this is uh, normally uh, as a jeweler, you use a mill and then it's like a pasta machine and you put your metal sheet and then uh, and then it it will flatten with whatever you want to put a piece of lace or whatsoever. That I use really my printmaking press to emboss the metal, something that um, I enjoy very, very much because it's again relationship in between uh, metal and lace um leaves what is strong and what is um what seems to be strong and and what is surviving afterwards my metal uh, uh, is embossed with uh, with lace and my lace is still intact you know it's not broken the the leaves of the skeleton of the leaves in the garden they are still intact and but the the embossing is deep in the in the metal so it's it's very interesting uh, not only the process but the reaction yeah. Mm, yeah so I like that it's very exciting when you see when it it 
comes out, you it's it's amazing. Mm, yeah, it just adds something else to the metal, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. Yeah, and so because beautiful. I'm I'm still a printmaker, I'm still using the same technique. So I'm still using paper to protect uh, the the bed and the roll. And then this paper, I use uh, washi paper, a Japanese uh, very thin but very strong paper. And then it's also embossed. So not only I emboss the metal, but the paper that protects is embossed. And then I go back to printmaking. I use this paper to print on it. So it's mm. never finishing. The conversation is endless. Mm. And I like that. Yeah. And you never, nothing goes to waste. No, exactly. And it's where I say I'm an interdisciplinary artist because every medium talks to each other and answers. So it's it's where it's, um, it's very exciting. And I, I really want to do something about that, like an exhibition to show really all together. Yeah, mm. this I would love. The Definitely. whole part of the process. Yeah. And Definitely. you have done print, you know, etchings um on paper that have been framed and, and have become artworks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the, and then I've been a finalist in the many times in the New Zealand and painting and printmaking awards with some of my uh, uh etchings. So I um I'm very uh I feel very honored uh, to to have been selected. I have been also finalist in um, uh, in uh, in Japan. Uh, I mean, um, uh, with one of my etching that was uh, was selected, and uh, I have been uh, yes, I'm in museum at uh, in Japan um, uh, in Dubai. Uh, mm. So I'm, I'm happy. Mm, that's great. And you were a finalist in the Park and Drawing Prize. Yes, we with a ring. Yes, um, which is so interesting. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um this year I have been um, so I have been doing lots of rings because of the carving process that I enjoy very much and and the and the and the talkative, the narrative about uh, about uh, about them. Um then the it's not only the making when you you it's about the the drawing, the lines. What is the what is about drawing? What is it? And it is, uh, it's the concept that you start with. And uh, when you start, you make lines, you make uh, sketches, and then from a sketch, a two D sketch, you go to three D. So it is where my point was in the in the drawing parking prize was. It's uh, the drawing is something that evolves from two D to three D from from concept to realization and peace so yes I was finalist with a ring and um, I guess they, they, they got the concept and uh, yeah I'm very happy with that mm. I've been uh, I've been finalist with rings with um, the New Zealand small sculpture awards so and it's true that uh, my little mountain of uh, of scoria on the ring was uh, was sculptural, very and, sculptural, yeah. yeah. And I'm happy. Yeah, yeah I think all your jewelry is very sculptural. Oh, thank you. And would you ever make something to be put on the wall, or do you always feel like it needs to be on somebody? Um, I like the body. I like the body because uh, uh, to compare to uh, uh, a two D piece, the, the body has this uh, this uh, very personal 
a very physical and intimate approach. So I like that when people, they choose a peace of mind, um, they, they choose to put on themselves. Um, and my pieces are never flat. They are never, uh, so the, the, the shape, uh, if you put my piece on the, on the, on the wall, it will, uh, it will give shades and shadows that will move. So it's, it's something that, but you put on yourself, it moves the same as well. So it's, it's something that, uh, I enjoy very much. Mm. It's, uh, your work is just so stunning. It's just, I'm just absolutely in awe, actually. I don't Thank think you. I can, <laughs> I don't think I can settle down from this incredible opportunity oh, to see your work. Thank it's, you. it's really stunning. So, um, you know, you must have quite a lot of challenges with, with the way that you work. I mean, you're always mm. learning and evolving, as we said, um, and using so many different tools and materials. Yeah. So, um, what challenges do you think you're faced with in your art practice? Oh, um, with what happens in the world at the moment. So uh, the first time I thought it was indecent to make jewelry, so I could not. It was like, oh, the luxurious, uh, useless, even though it's, it's, it's a, a total medium and then it, it, it has so many meanings. But for me, it was not enough. Um, so I stopped doing this for the first lockdown, the very first one. And then, uh, uh, but I was lucky enough, uh, I've been a part of this mentoring program um, with a handshake project. They uh -huh. were putting artists in their uh, uh, mentoring program, but also uh, they were um, doing workshop uh, master, jury master classes. And I was very lucky to be selected for one of the jury masterclass. And I met, and uh, Mandy Flood mentioned about uh, that as well. I, I, I was uh, thrilled to meet Iris Eichenberg. Mm. Um, then from that, um, so later on when we had the first lockdown, it happened that um, Iris Eichenberg contacted all the jewelers of the world to say, oh, I'm doing this hand project and it is, let's make, let's standardize little hands and put a little ribbon and a pin and offer this to um, thank all the caregivers of the world. And um, this was really a revelation again for me. It was, that gave me sense to go back to jewelry. And then uh, it was, so I did my little way. I did 30 hands because I knew they will go anywhere. And um, and just to acknowledge the sacrifice of all those people that have been frontline, um, mm -hmm. and they could put this little pin on their, uh, on their, uh, garments and uh, like a little medal to thank them. Mm, that's uh, really beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, I had once an email of this guy that received one hand and he emailed me back. So we had, it was anonymous. We had a number, but uh, you could go online and uh, look at the number and uh, see who it was. And it was a New Zealander. And, uh, and he emailed me back to, to thank me and it gave me goose pimples mm. and yeah it was so beautiful oh, so this is, is priceless yeah, yeah it's and, yeah and you know 
yeah, it just seems appropriate, doesn't it, at the yeah. moment? Yeah. What the world's going through, it feels, it yeah. feels right. And yes. then that, did that help you kind of get back into your own Definitely. Work? And then I wanted really because it was New Zealanders, they were offering to anywhere else. So the ribbon, I did actually a rakiki because I thought, oh, it has to be a, a little bit of New Zealand somewhere. So I wanted really to make them as beautiful as possible. So, um, yeah. So, mm. of course, I did emboss my uh, metal uh, with the lace. So it, it goes back to, to the same practice um, that I have done for my jewelry. But uh, because I wanted that, it's a piece of jewelry. It's not just a hand medal to thank them. It's just to show how precious we think people are mm. and to show uh, really how much it was. I, I appreciate I have no word to 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 thank them for mm. what they have done. So, yeah, yeah I had to, sh to do that. That yeah. was your little contribution. Oh, absolutely. And, they, and they, yeah, and, and then I could go back to jewelry. Yeah, mm. I, I gave him back the wings to yeah, fly again. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And do you have any other challenges with materials? And um... Oh, it's, uh, it has been so second lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Part two. Oui, so here we go again, déjà vu. And then uh, this time it was uh, a bit more challenging for me because I had also a little... Uh, personal issues and then so I could not do jewelry for a bit of time um, and then there was this um, mentoring program which is the Toy Poto the community uh, mentoring program mm -hmm. and then I look at uh, online and I thought, okay, am I going to do something uh, different and go to visual instead? And then uh, so I thought, oh, yeah, let's contact. And I was selected. I uh, was really so happy to be selected. And then eventually you have doubts. You think, oh, what have I done? Uh, should I? And um, no, it's brilliant. I enjoy very much uh, to learn more. So we've got workshops. And, uh, and then um, this gave me... The other wants, needs, um, go back to visual art uh, because I could not do jewelry for a while. And, uh, and then, but then go back to jewelry eventually through visual art and, and tell things um, that uh, are really relevant with what we are living. So go back to uh, the essentials and mm. uh, the values, uh, craftsmanship. Um, people, gender, what uh, society is now about. So um, all this, I wanted to create a, a project that involves people uh, with with those values, same same values that I, I uh, are important for me, mm -hmm. uh, but people that can be anywhere because we could not see, but we could Zoom and uh, and talk to each other in very different ways. So the collaborative work that I, I've been um, uh, starting during the second lockdown was, yes, with people from France, UK, um, yes, and here, of course. Mm. Um, and, uh, and everyone that I've been asking if they wanted to be part of my uh, new project, they, they say, yes, that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. So tell us about this, this project. Um, so yes, basically the, the, the idea is, uh, is about craftsmanship. So the redefinition of craftsmanship, um, 
and and why it has lost the the the, the real meaning of it you know so uh uh, craft. What is craft? It's not like a, um, a, a, a hobby uh, of uh, you know. Uh, let's be a bit, um, yeah, uh, more respectful about the world and what it was before. So I, I have friends in uh, in France. This lady, she she works on wood, so she has been learning uh, wood carving, but wood. Um, uh, in Belgium, because it's the only school of uh, of art in this uh, in this material that she could do, and then she is able now to renovate antiques uh, furniture. So this was really amazing. And then she says, but from Belgium, that people, they actually love their furniture and, and, and ask. Uh, so it's, it's, it's hundreds years old furniture that she is renovating. Um, coming back in France, she could not do it because people, they don't care. They prefer to throw away mm. than to spend money on something which is so precious. The preciousness is not about the wood. It's about the, the, the time. Mm. What has been life at his head. yes, and then this is crazy, and it's where it it made me think about more um, in this way, and then to try to redefine and and ask those people to talk in very short uh, sentences about what are those values that I want really to promote, and uh, because it's a collaborative, so they. They wear my jewelry, um, and, and I talk about them and, and, and it's, yeah, and it's here and there. It's everywhere. And mm. I, I love that. Yeah. And you're starting to explore using adornment for males and females yes. or taking away that whole gender identity. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which is so great. And poor men, you know, all these years haven't been able to or haven't been wearing. Yeah, absolutely. Adornment. Yeah, for some and, reason. And then it's where I wanted to show in, in, in this way. And, uh, and, uh, my, uh, I've got a winemaker, a young guy, uh, from, uh, France. And then he has a, a big feather, uh, I call the, the necklace Huya. And, um, instead of a tie, why should not he? Mm. And, uh, he's, uh, super elegant. He's in his suit. And then when I show him the picture afterwards, oh, I look very serious. I say, yeah, it is very serious. And then this, uh, this young man is 23 and then he's, uh, he's a wine broker. And uh, what he, he does is actually promote very small domain, but uh, people with a vision. And he wants really to work with those people because it's, um, it's, it's what he wants really to promote and what he believes in. And it's, it's brilliant. So this young man is doing this. And, um, yeah, and, uh, I have, um, Another uh, friend that I met uh, years ago, and then I uh, contacted her and I said, Jenny, uh, would you like to be in the project? And then she said, oh, I love it. I love your jewelry and I definitely want to be there. She's an entrepreneur. So I said, oh, I would like that you talk about your values and, and your vision in, in your work. And then um, I will uh, show you what I've done. And, uh, and then we, we go from this. And she says, yes, absolutely. Oh, by the way, now I'm Jen. And this was wonderful. So yes, I love all those people and, mm. and, and, and 
Yeah, synchronicity again. It was meant to be, and it's where I'm going, and mm. I want really to go further and mm. interview more people and 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 put them all together and mm. and and have this yes, no gender yeah. uh, uh, collection Brilliant. of jewelry. Yeah. So you're connecting the the jewelry with these people, and then you're working with Photoshop to create yeah. A, yeah. a beautiful photograph. Yeah. And, but uh, in the other way, yes, I was uh, I was lucky to be in contact with uh, Neil Gussie. is one of the best uh, fashion photographer. Big, big, um, yeah, love what he is doing. And then uh, I was lucky that once he, he uses some of my uh, adornment jewelry for uh, Miss New Zealand, and then. Um, then I contacted him to say, oh, if I give you some pieces, I let you play with them. And uh, he jump on it and say, yes, absolutely. And this was brilliant as well. Mm. So a collaborative work because he expected me to change his picture. So from a picture that he has done, I Photoshop and put the, the model in a, in a different situation. And mm. it, yeah, it's, it's where, again, the story goes on and... Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and all these, all the different skills that you have, you know, photography and printmaking and jewelry making and carving and you know, there's it just seems endless, really. And I feel like yeah. there's so much more that you will end up doing, also. So with all these different skills and and techniques and mediums, is there sort of certain objects or ideas that always have to exist in the work that you produce? Hmm. Yes and no. Um, for the moment, I'm, because I'm alone to do all those, they are, uh, I'm limited in, in my time and I'm limited in how many I can produce. If I could, I will do more and develop further. But for the moment, yes, I'm, I'm sticking a bit to the classic in jewelry, like earrings, necklace, and rings. But yeah, there is a lot more that I want really to, mm. to go yeah. and experience, yeah. experiment. And I'm yeah. sure you will. I feel like this is almost just the beginning. Mm. You know? Oh, certainly. Yeah, which is so exciting. So Beatrice, I've still got a few questions I'm dying to ask you. So okay. we are starting to run out of time, surprisingly. Ooh. I think I have to make my podcast three hours long. <laughs> everybody I speak to is so interesting and generous mm. and amazing to talk to. Um, but I'd love to know with you um, what drives you to do this work. I need to say things. Um, as I said before, uh, when I arrived in New Zealand, I was not talking as well or than now, if I can say I talk well. Um, so the narrative was visual. Um, I need to talk things about New Zealand. I need to talk things about my ancestry. Um, and uh, I need to, to make, yes, those happen. Yeah. And it's why I'm mm. doing, yeah. I'm a maker. Do. I yeah. can't not make. Yeah. And I can't not stop talking. You've seen we are. <laughs> <laughs> I talk too much. But, and you communicate so much through your work, yeah. don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Which is really interesting that you've, you know, you're 
speaking a language that's not your own, no. but you have another language through your work. Yeah, and it's where it's. I'm a visual artist. It's it's it makes sense. The word himself is very vague, but for me, it has a total sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And how do the the French how does the French culture and the New Zealand culture combine for you and sort of present in your work? Do you think? Um, at the very beginning, when I arrived in New Zealand, I wanted really to be just a Kiwi. And then, uh, and then eventually, no, I can't. Uh, you listen to me. Of course, I'm not a Kiwi. Um, even though I asked the nationality immediately when I could, I had it. But, um, but then. <sighs> Afterwards, you think about it, and it's there. It's it's so my references are about poems. My references are about uh, what I learned, and it's what I am. So it has to be part of what I am doing now. And uh, and then there is this uh, this logic when I talk about. Uh, um, uh, yes, synchronicity again, but uh, uh, when I talk about synesthesia, correspondence, and, and all those, that, uh, that uh, correspondence is in English and correspondence is in French. Murmur that I can't say in English. Murmur. <laughs> it's French. So all those words are, are both languages. Why should not I use uh, this also to, to translate in my work? Mm, yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think your, your work has a real New Zealand flavour, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you, can you see a, a French flavour? Yeah, listen, um, another um, gallery that... Um, you know those compliments that uh, when you have the feedback and then you, you you don't expect because you never have a feedback, but then when it happens, it's so pleasing. So um, I was commissioned a work um, this uh, by a gallery. This uh, man wanted to offer to his wife uh, uh, a punamu, and uh, she's not. He is Maori. She's not. And she was, she came from Europe and she did not feel that it was right for her to wear this. And then she saw one of my bows in uh, sterling silver. Uh, so the bow is made in sterling, but uh, the, it's embossed with lace. And then uh, there is this big long pendant, which is uh, a punamu. And it was exactly what she wanted uh, because it was reflecting her past there and then her present now with her husband. And he was very happy. Um, so I was commissioned this work. And then uh, she was very clear. The ribbon had to look like a ribbon. And uh, you work with metal, you mm. know. So I did as smooth as possible. And then the, your bow is really like gentle. But... Uh, Hard metal, not a thin one that uh, will uh, bend so easily. Anyway, I uh, couriered this and then my gallery calls, got it. Client is coming at 5. At 5.30, she called to say, yeah, she put it on. She left the shop and they said, oh, but I've got the, the box. No, no, it's it's where it should be. Uh, and this was wonderful. That yeah. is wonderful. And that's the best compliment. Yeah. So this is uh, where you think, oh, uh, maybe I cut my fingers, maybe my nails are. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. It's definitely yeah. yeah. And yeah. and the bow does sort of feel has that European flavour yeah, and then totally. the panamu. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, how beautiful. So I'll put a photo of that on the blog post for sure. Um, and I always like to ask the artists I speak to, what advice do you have for people, you know, starting out on their creative journey? Patience. Patience, definitely. Uh, 
work, 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 uh, a lot, um, enthusiasm, never, never give up, uh, but it goes with patience as well, I guess. Um, tools, good tools, don't buy cheap. I know it costs, but it's better you have little, but the good ones, because they will, you will keep them forever. Listen to people, just don't think you know better. <laughs> <laughs> that we all do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, afterwards, it's, um, yeah, it's just do and redo. And as I say, like uh, for, uh, for uh, pattern making, make your weak point the strong one, mm. you know, mm. so don't try to be not what you're not. Um, and um, yeah, be just honest with yourself. Mm. And I think that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. And uh, you know your your practice. I mean, I just feel like you could achieve whatever you set your mind to achieve, really. But where do you feel your practice will be heading in the future? Uh, I still want to do that. I want uh, definitely jewelry is uh, is is where I'm I'm going. Definitely, I love the small pieces. I love. Even though they are never small, you've seen my pieces are, uh, are still statement pieces. I want to go further. I want to talk really and, and promote people. I want to, uh, um, yeah, use totally the jury as, uh, as a platform to ideas and other people. And yes, uh, redefine definitely craftsmanship. <laughs> Wow, that's so exciting. I can't wait to see what you do next. I will definitely be following you, one of your newest, biggest fans. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, it's been such a joy to speak with you and to be in your lovely home and to actually finally meet. Yes. And yeah. uh, we're actually sitting outside. It's the first podcast I've ever recorded outside, so there might be a few noises in the background, <laughs> but that's okay. And, uh, you know, it's a gorgeous day in Devonport and um, – you know, it's been a real pleasure to no, meet you, No, thank Beatrice. you, Mindy. It was, yes, I was looking so much forward. So, yeah, no, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. no, thank you. Thank you to be so patient as well because, yeah, it has been months before we could do it. And then to do like that, you, you yeah. in front of me, it's, yeah, it's, it's very nice, special. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to come together and yeah. make a connection which will last yeah. for a long time, I'm sure. Oui, oui, yeah. definitely. Merci yeah. beaucoup. Oh, merci to you. Merci. <laughs>